0: to start off, we're doing a series called Heroes. Um, I've got a video to show that's gonna introduce my hero that I'm speaking of, so if you guys will take a look at the video.
1: King Jr. It's funny to think about because now we know his name so well, but at one time he was just a kid. Like maybe you're a kid watching this. Well, he was a kid too. Well maybe you're a grown up, that's okay too. All kids are welcome here. I don't discriminate. Martin Luther King grew up to be a great man, of course. But things weren't all that great in the world while he was growing up. Not everybody was treated like they were somebody. And I believe that you should treat everybody like it's their birthday. But they didn't do that. People looked at the color of their skin. And that's how they decided if they were friends or not. Not cool, man. That didn't make him feel good. That didn't make anybody feel good. But his parents helped him grow up He went to church. He learned about love. He grew up to be a minister to help a lot of people. He did all sorts of cool stuff. He helped a lot of people learn about love too. But still he looked around and said, things should be better. He wanted to change things, so he did stuff. He decided instead of spreading the hate, he would spread the love. He wanted to bring people together. Where people were hurting, he stepped in to help. He marched with them, he walked with them. He walked arm in arm with everyone. Sometimes it didn't go well, but he kept going. Sometimes he ended up in prison, but he kept going. Some people didn't like him, but he kept going. Some days were hard, but he kept going. Love does that, it just keeps going, even when things are dark. And, well, I don't like this part of the story, but things did get pretty dark. Someone who didn't agree with him, shot him. He died in April 1968. Now keep keep pressing it, why are you telling us this sad story, come on? I know, I know. It. I'm sorry, but it happened. And I don't like that it happened. Now I gotta tell you something. When things aren't awesome, it can be tough. And things will always be awesome. But your response can be. Martin Luther King's response, it was awesome. Today I just wanted us to think about this. Isn't it cool that we can change things? Like any of us, anybody. He dreamed and he changed things. And he dreamed and he kept sharing his dreams. They became not just his dream, a lot of people's dreams. Like this one. I have a dream that little black boys and black girls will join hands with white boys and white girls and become sisters and brothers. That's a pretty good dream. That dream, like that, that could change things. Hey
0: man, so. So my hero I'm sharing on is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We're celebrating his day tomorrow. Um, When we were having this discussion with Pastor Chris, he said, said, we're doing this this theme on heroes, and I really, really want you to speak about Dr. Martin Luther King because I believe wholeheartedly that it would just be better coming from you instead of an old, crusty, cranky white guy. (laughs) These were his words. Pastor Chris said that said, Pastor Chris, that's not true. You're not that white. <laughs> You're more of a clear color. I mean, the cranky, crusty, farty part, I don't know. That's debate because it depends on what your kids say. I mean, then what the church says, I Maybe mean, it's debatable. So, but he said, but I really think, this is Pastor Chris's work. He said, I really think that, he said, Dr. King was so vital because he saw the kingdom as it intended to be, and that is together and not separate. And so he believed he played a key role in that. And so I said, okay. I said, no problem. He is one of my heroes. I really do look up to him. And so we're going to talk about it. Um, Now, please be in mind, this will not be a history lesson. Um, Because I, on my own merit and experience, I'm not the most qualified person to talk about that time period and the things that happened. The most qualified person in this room, or one of the qualified people in this room, is Miss Dorothy, my mother, who can tell you stories about that, so if you wanna hear about what it was like, you can take her out to lunch. One of her favorite places to eat is red lobster. Since her son blows up like Will Smith did in Hitch around seafood, we can't go that often because I can only eat one thing on their entire menu. So if you'd like to hear more stories about that, because she has stories about singing in a choir in a church and growing up and having to leave the church because of bomb threats by a certain organization that didn't like black people. She has stories about that, and then at the same time, there's rioting going on the streets, but so they're stuck in the church, because they can't go outside because there's riots happening, but if they stay in the church, there's a bomb threat. So she has that experience of having to be in a choir and be with a group of people that had to spend the night at the church because of being trapped in that area. She has stories like that. And so I personally am one that gets to benefit from the things that my mother and others stood for and fought against. So I get the benefit of that. Now, I have stories of things that have happened to me and in little, little instances here and there, but nothing compared to that. So this is not gonna be a history lesson. I'm not gonna sit here and go through all these, the, the time period, everything, but I will share some of, some important quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King. So I'm gonna have five quotes, and these five quotes represent a kingdom mentality yes. because I believe that he saw things as God was seeing them as a kingdom together, as a kingdom united. And I have to give kudos to my buddy Kenny Lane because we were brainstorming. He said, why don't you just take quotes from Dr. King because there's so much great stuff that you can say. I was like, that's it. That's what I'm gonna do. So thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You need people like that you can bounce ideas off of. So turn to your neighbor and say, you need a friend like that. Maybe not Kenny exactly, but you need a friend like that. <laughs> Not every, you know, that, that friend that you have to explain before they meet your other friends, <laughs> that's my friend Kenny. But once you meet him, you love him, but you just got to give him a heads up, like, hey, hold on, let me, so, this guy may, let me, before you meet this guy, let me tell you something. So, so we're going to start with first quote, first quote, number one, he said, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. First quote, faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. And our first point with that, a kingdom mindset doesn't just focus on what we see. Kingdom mindset doesn't just focus on what you see. Because if you were to take a look at our world today, you might be discouraged. Things that are going on. You might be depressed. You might think, how in the world? of what's going on in the world, is this what God intended for us to live like? How am I supposed to raise a family in this society? How am I supposed to stay true to my beliefs when I'm on a college campus and all my professors are telling me what I'm supposed to believe? Or how am I supposed to stay true to to my faith and my beliefs when all my friends are not and they don't care about that? But we can't focus on what we see we have to have our faith, and you've heard me speak on that a few things. And a, a point about faith is the enemy of your faith is your sight. The enemy of your faith is your sight because you're trying to believe that things are going to get better. You're trying to believe that that you know what that is. It's not as bad as it seems, but your eyes are trying to tell you something different. And this is where we have to, as believers. We have the ability to, to stand on our faith and stand on what God's word says. We're able to stand and confess that, you know, by his stripes I am healed. Even though this, what you may see when you look in the mirror is like, oh, I look rough today. That's what Pastor Chris was telling me. He said he woke up, he said some mornings I wake up and I feel better. And some mornings I wake up and look in the mirror and I think, ugh. And I said, well, imagine what Ms. Lisa has felt like all these years, waking up going, ugh. <laughs> hey, I, mean, I just got to take shots because he's going to get me back. But I said, but she doesn't go off what she sees. She has faith and believes that that's her husband, even if you don't look like it right now. But we can faith and we can believe that what God's word says is true. That's why we we're singing, he is good. He is good. You're never going to let me down. That's what his word says. And so our faith has to grab hold of that. And the scripture is 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk or live by faith, not by sight. And uh, Olivia and I had the opportunity to teach the covenant kids, the little kids, about walking By faith, And this was our scripture verse we used. So we're teaching this to the kids, and we have this great game. We lined up all the chairs to be in a maze, and we partnered them up and said, okay, one of you is going to be blindfolded, and the other is going to give directions, because when you can't see, you can trust the one who can see. And so we're all creative, like, man, this is going great. We had them say the verse, like, several times over, and they're playing the game, and and they're going through it just, I mean... If they hit, like, any of the chairs, they have to start over. So you have to really be listening to the directions that your partner's giving you. And, and they keep failing. They have to start over and start over. And then finally, we have one group of kids, Kenny's oldest son, Isaac, and JB and Sarah's oldest son, uh, Keegan. Keegan, they made it all through. And when they got to the end, I have to ch- I'm going to show you this one time. Keegan has a celebration dance that he does. <laughs> And Sarah will tell you that her youngest son Cullen has rhythm. Keegan does not. And so I'm showing to you one time he does this celebration. Every time you can catch it, he points with one hand. He gets in this pose, and then he does this one time. And that's what he did. They got to the end, and Isaac's like, "You did it! We did it! We did it!" Keegan's just like, "Yeah!" (laughs) And it's like, was so pumped. And then we sit them all down and we go through the scripture verse and we're like, because when you can't see, you can trust the one who can. And who can see? And I and Isaac raised his hand. I said, Isaac, he said, Keegan. <laughs> we just spent 45 minutes talking to y'all about this scripture about trusting God. And that's like Bible. Kids Bible one on one it's Jesus or God. They're the answer to all the questions. That's all you have to do. Jesus, God. I was like, Fa- oh, okay. so it was like, faith. okay, so it's just like, so I don't know, Kenny, what your kids would believe. I mean, but that's kids though. He was like, look, I was trying not to hit these chairs. I got this candy because kids could see and I couldn't, so I don't know what you're saying. But faith, so we got to walk by faith and not by what we see. Quote number two. One of his speeches said, whatever we do, We must keep God in the forefront. Let's be Christian in all our actions. And this quote was one of his first speeches that he gave. This came four days after Rosa Parks was arrested because she did not give up her seat. So he has this audience in front of him, and he said one question he was asking himself is, how can I take the emotion and the passion that the people have right now and directed in the right way without causing them to be seen as, as, as a group of just wild maniacs or just, or just animals and without having any sort of control. How can I do that? And so he chose, again, this is a pivotal point in history where he could have been riled up and said, we need to go and get weapons and we have to fight. But he said, we must be Christian in all our actions. We're going to see Christian. And point number two about a kingdom mindset is determined to see things the way God sees them. A kingdom mindset sees things the way God sees them. And the first point I want to start with is starting with yourself. A kingdom mindset is determined to see things the way God sees them, starting with yourself. If you can't see yourself the way God sees you, It's going to be really hard for you to share that with other people. And what I mean by that is you see yourself as being an overcomer or being more than a conqueror, as you see yourself as being someone who is blessed and highly favored. This is what the word says about you. I'm about to just quote some scripture, what God says about you, that you are his precious child, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. One translation says, beautifully and wonderfully made. Do you know that I had was growing up and I had heard from a good friend of mine in middle school? You know, middle school kids, we have like, we have it all together. We have the knowledge and like we know the, the mysteries and wonders of the world. <coughs> and a friend of mine said, Well, Roger, you're not, it's not that you're ugly, <laughs> but you're also not like the best looking guy in school. So you're just like right at like a five, just like right in the middle. Like you're not this bad looking, but you're not like every girl like wants to talk to you. Okay. So guess what? Believed I was average. One of the mindset one to have is that I am average until I had a scripture. Until I read that scripture in one translation that says, "You are beautifully and wonderfully made." And it was like a light came on. I was like, God says I'm beautiful. I am beautiful. You know what? I look good. I don't care what nobody says. But that mindset was trying to get in me that I was just average. But there's nothing in God's word that says you're average. There's nothing in that Bible that you can find that says that you are less than, that you are not qualified, that you are not good enough. He said, I'm going to send you the best thing that I got, and that is my only begotten son for you, because if it was just you, I would still send my son. And so you don't have to be worried about your righteousness. And Paul says, our righteousness is as filthy rags because of what the finished work of Jesus did on the cross. So that now you can go boldly into his throne. You can talk to God and say, God, I, I, just, I just need your strength right now. I need your strength. And he doesn't see a whiny little middle schooler. He doesn't see someone that comes to me all the time. He sees his son, and you have the authority of his son because of his life Amen. that he lived for you. You have that ability. You are not less than. You are not some meek little person that God just says, I don't know what I did there. There's no such thing as an accident to God. You're not a mistake. You, you're not just a screw up. You're not just someone who can't get it right. He has a purpose for your life. He knows exactly what you are going to do, and he knows that every gift and talent and ability inside of you, because we all have them. We all have gifts. We all have talents. You all have skills that God wants to use for his kingdom. So you have to see yourself that way, and then you have to see it the way God sees. The scripture goes to Isaiah 55, verse 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So God wants us, he's challenging us, he wants you not to just stay on this level of only seeing what you can see, but he wants you to come higher and says, I wanna show you the way I see things. And you have to start with yourself. You come higher to see how God sees you And then when different situations come, you'll be able to see what God is seeing in the situation. And I'm not saying that you're always gonna understand everything that's going on. I'm not saying you're gonna know everything, but it will be an encouragement to you to say, Well, you know what? I trust that God is still on the throne. I trust that God, you're you're working this out. I don't know all the parts, I don't know everything. But God, I I, I trust you because you've shown me how to see myself the way you see me. So God, if if, if you'll show me how to see this situation, God, I'll trust you. And you can ask, you can require of him to show you that. Amen? Amen? Amen. Moving on. Quote number three. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. It's a quote by Dr. King. It says, Kingdom mindset is motivated by love and love only. King mindset, a kingdom mindset is motivated by love and love only. Romans 12, 21 says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. So you start having faith, you start seeing things the way God sees them, and then these next quotes start getting into the way that we carry ourselves, as Dr. King said, as in a Christian manner, in a Christian way. And I feel like you guys get that. Only love can drive out hate. Hate it's very easy for us to to get to a point to where we want to respond the same way that people are responding. And during that time, there were other civil rights leaders. There were other people that were saying, this is how we should do things. This is how we should do things. But Dr. King was one of the few people that said, we should do it nonviolently because we can't respond to hate with hate. We have to overcome it by showing love. And in our world today, no matter where you go, throughout school, throughout your job, when you're at the store, when you respond in love, people notice it and it makes a difference. And it doesn't have to be, again, it doesn't have to be you quote this scripture to somebody or you tell somebody they're doing something wrong. It can just be simple acts of love. It's amazing how that makes a difference. And why does it make a difference? Because it's out of love and God is love. So when you align yourself in doing things the way love would do them, God now is supporting you. But sometimes we like to do things the way we think it should be done, and then we want God to bless that. And if you have downloaded podcasts and listened to some of our past sermons, you can do so at the iTunes store or however you download podcasts. So when I spoke about kingdom A little bit briefly last time, I mentioned that God has a way that he does things. And we may be moved by what social media says we're supposed to do or what the news says we are supposed to do. But God says, no. Who do you think gave them the idea about social media? Why do I have to let my kingdom be dictated by that? So society and culture will try to tell you one way to do something or the way that you're supposed to believe about something. But I'm here to tell you, church, this morning that God's principles and God's way of doing things does not change just because society wants to go a certain way. So they may say, yeah, the, well, that, that book's archaic. That was written long ago. How can you live by that? Look, don't be trying to tell me how to live my life. You can stay in your lane if you don't want to live by this. That's okay. But, but we can't be motivated by what Twitter says or what Facebook says, because I've had students in my class try to argue with me about something that was on Twitter, and they said, well, that's what everybody believes. I said, why? Because, because it was on Twitter. I said, you do know, like, comparison. If we're just sticking in your realm of thinking, of the United States, about 85% of people are on Facebook, and about... of people are on Twitter. As if we're just using numbers and staying in your realm and and discussing this. So you're talking about 20% of a population versus 80% of a population. That's not even going to the idea that you can't believe everything you put on the Internet. Like, just because you read on the Internet doesn't mean it's true. Like, I'm just trying to reason with you and realize that just because it's put on social media does not mean It is a true, fact, hard statement that you have to run with. Is that okay with us this morning? Did I step on anyone's toes? Okay, I'm sorry if I did. Going into our next point, I've got a video to show you, just to illustrate this next point, but it is one of my favorite videos, uh, or one of my favorite movies, and you've probably seen this before, but you guys can go ahead and show that next one. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. (laughs) Wake up, gentlemen. It's late. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. All right, listen up. You will follow Doc, myself, and the other coaches. We're going to take a little run through the woods. If you get lost along the way, don't bother coming back to camp. Just hitchhike your hind parts on home. Any questions?
1: Coach, it's a high school football team. We're not the Marines here.
0: Let's go. no risk. no risk. Anybody know what this place is? This is Gettysburg. This is where they fought the Battle of Gettysburg. 50,000 men died right here on this field, fighting the same fight that we're still fighting amongst ourselves today. This green field right here is painted red, bubbling with the blood of young boys, smoke and hot lead right through their bodies. Listen to their souls, man. They killed my brother with malice in my heart. Hatred destroyed my family. You listen. Take a lesson from the dead. If we don't come together, Right now, on this hollow ground, we too will be destroyed. Just like they were. I don't care if you like each other or not, but you will respect each other. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we will learn to play this game like men. love that movie anytime it comes on TV I can flip and just start watching it from whatever it is, it's just one of those good movies And Denzel Washington is just amazing in that, get that one scene so that movie came out in 2000 was set in 1971 He was saying about you've never seen that movie you gotta go get that movie and watch it it's probably like $5 in like the bin at Walmart or something. But of course, there was a the racial tension that was going on and you had the football team and they were a high schools that were segregated and then they came together and it was really intense and they didn't want to be together and he was saying that people died fighting that fight and if we don't come together, we're still going to be, we're going to die fighting that same fight I just think how appropriate that movie was because if I asked you rhetorically, are we still fighting that same fight? We are. If you're not aware, we are. But as if you have a mindset that is not of God's kingdom. People that are are fighting that fight, people that 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 are not standing on the side of of unity and togetherness, they are not exhibiting a mindset of kingdom, of a kingdom of God. They're not displaying how God sees us. And so the the quote, he says, you've heard this, I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Galatians 3, 26 through 29 says, "'For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. "'For as many of you who were baptized into Christ "'have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, "'there is neither slave nor free, "'there is neither male nor female, "'for we are all one in Christ Jesus. "'And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed "'and heirs according to the promise.'" But the word says a kingdom mindset isn't judgmental it isn't racist it isn't prejudiced and doesn't discriminate here's a hint this morning all those things aren't hereditary you aren't born to believe that someone just because of their skin color is evil that is taught tell you one incident, it happened but when we were at the old building years ago, years ago we had a, a, a gentleman by the name of Pastor Todd Waldo who was over our Children's Ministry and for those of you that don't know, Todd Waldo was about 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, was one of the goofiest people you will ever meet and loved kids probably because he acted like one, <laughs> but he always had a, just a big goofy grin on his face. He said, like, hi, I'm Pastor Todd. It's so nice to meet you. And kids just like, Pastor Todd, they just loved him. One day, as a youth member, I am serving, helping Pastor Todd out. We couldn't find something that belonged to a little girl. We were looking for, it may have been like her chapstick or, or something, whatever, little girls in fourth and third grade carrying their purses, I don't know. Won a credit card, but she couldn't find it. One little boy stands up says, I know where it is. Roger has it. Pastor Todd said, how do you know Roger has it? He said, because everyone knows black people steal things. Pastor Todd handled it perfectly because he has his high-pitched voice, but then he would go into his serious voice if he needed to. That's not true. Where did you hear something like that? And he made a big just ordeal of it and he handled it perfectly. But this little kid said, black people still think. He did not born, he was not born thinking that. So he either heard it from his friends or worse, he heard it at home. And so This sometimes is uncomfortable to hear about or talk about. But the day we take our mind off of the things that are here and we put them on the things that are above is where you rise above that. Because like I said, I'm not qualified to go through that, but I've had some things happen that were very unfortunate. If you don't know, my beautiful wife, Olivia, Olivia, if you could come up here for just a minute. Come stand beside me. If you don't know, we're a little different. Her hair is curlier than mine. Okay, You figured it out. Her hair, and she's prettier than me. She's thinner than me. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) But whenever we first were engaged and first were planning on getting married, there was somebody, I'm not going to tell you where on planet Earth they live, but there was someone who said that there's a scripture that says that dark should not communicate or commune with with, with the light as a scripture as to why we should not be married and this person would consider themselves to be one who hears from the Lord and prophets I argued that this person may hear from the other side and is a <laughs> is used by the, the wrong side because even Satan tried to quote scripture to Jesus to try to get him to do stuff so I thought maybe they're just being used by the wrong spirit but someone said that that was a scripture. And that's the reason why we shouldn't be together. So if you think that, that we're, we're done fighting the battle, we're not. But I also don't want this to just be about, it's not a, just a race thing. That prejudice can go from the church to the unchurched. Because I remember fighting the battle as well whenever we were, again, whenever I was in youth and we had the third floor and the upper rooms we called it and we had a drummer that had these gauges in his ear and he had tattoos on his arm and we had people that would look at him funny or had people say, why is he coming to church? Why is he coming to church? What do you mean, why is he coming to church? He loves God and believed that God specifically had put him on planet Earth to use music to help bring freedom to people. And he was a crazy good drummer too. But he received like negative feedback from people that were going to church, all because of the way he looked. Church, we got to be above that. Again, I've said this before, when you get to heaven, if you have that mindset, you may be surprised that not everyone looks like you. That there are going to be people of all different races, shapes, and sizes in heaven. Because how does God see them? He said, I look on the heart. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. It's a simple song. Why do we sing that? Because it's true. It's the heart of God. I don't know you don't go to my last point. You can skip the last point. I'm gonna finish with that. Is that as a body of believers, as pivotal as Dr. King was in history, because he saw kingdom. and just to, I'll paraphrase, I will paraphrase my last point, was that he gave a quote saying that I'm only doing God's will. It's what I'm called to do. It's what I'm supposed to do. And he gave that last quote the day before his assassination. And I thought, that's so, how crazy was that? Because the day before he went to the cross, Jesus said, God, if this cup can pass from me, If you have somebody else's intentions, God, you can move it on, but not my will, your will be done because he understood his purpose for the kingdom. So my fifth point is understand purpose. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to do it. I did. I just couldn't help it. The pastor in me said, you got a microphone, go. Your purpose, you have a purpose. God has a purpose for you and you can't deny that. No one can deny that. No one can take that away from you. Amen. But I believe if we, be, if we begin to set our mind on the kingdom mentality, that we will see God's goodness in the land of the living. Amen? Oh, right. Amen.